Support Black Podcast. Greg Hill presents Minority Trailblazer, the podcast dedicated to minorities who are blazing a trail in a variety of industries such as education, business, comedy, entrepreneurship, and more. Greg's goal is to share their stories in hopes to inspire, educate, and ultimately encourage others to live with purpose and passion. Check out Minority Trailblazer, available on gregehill.com, as well as on SoundCloud and every place that you find good podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts. Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. Welcome to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I'm Johnny Destructo. We are here at Johnny Destructo's new hero complex. Yes. At 4327, don't quote me on those numbers, in <laughs> manyunk.com? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so uh, we're here. You at don't know your Talk. address. Hey, listen, it's 4327, probably. Um, and we're here. It's a much bigger. You could probably. I don't know if you could hear all the echoes. <laughs> it's a bigger spot. Forty-three twenty-seven Main Street in Maniunk, PA. Well, Philadelphia, but yeah. Yeah, but you know, yeah. Young so, likes to think they're a city unto themselves. Yeah, we do. Uh, so yeah, welcome to this episode of Gutter Talk. Yes, this is our. If I'm correct. Our 98th episode of Gotta Talk. Are we going to have like a 100th episode extravaganza? I thought about that, but I was trying to wrap my head around what would we do. do? I have no idea. (laughs) This is a, listen, y'all. This is a fly by the seat of our pants production. (laughs) We look at CBR.com for the 30 seconds it lets you look if you have your ad blocker on before it like shuts down on you Mm -hmm. and starts erasing all of your porn files. Uh, we we try to go through as quickly as possible and see what's news in the comic book world. And then we go, oh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to have a 100th episode extravaganza <laughs> where we figure out something to talk about and then we'll do it. So I am the Thwip Tribble, a.k.a. Johnny Destructo. And I am the Bat Tribble. And uh, we, what do you want to do? So I already mentioned CBR. Fuck you guys. Fuck you, CBR. <laughs> Uh, you got ad blocker up. You can't look at my site. You know, I don't even. I'm like, I kind of get that. I understand that, right? Okay. You the reason the way you make money as an entity as you is, talk to CBR as I talk. You know, they're listening. Um, CBR as an entity makes money by people seeing ads and then people pay ads for whoever sees ads and blah blah blah. Right. And there's metrics that that gauge all that. I get it. CBR I, for those who don't know stands for ComicBookResources.com. Dot com. The thing that really burns my biscuits is when you click on a site and it's like 10 things you didn't know about the Suicide Squad movie. And then each thing is on a different page. Page. Yep. Click for number. Fuck you. Yeah. I hate that too. Clearly we're not doing the not cursing on this episode episode. Yeah. Because um, fuck you. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't be a website that does that. Fuck your kids in the car. <laughs> Apparently is what JD is really trying to say. 
So, uh, yeah, you want to talk about emails? <laughs> I just wanted to talk about CBR. No. You were going in. You were having so much fun going in on CBR. You know what, though? I don't want to go in on CBR because at least they're not bleeding cool. Well, okay. I literally do not click bleeding. If there's a like something, some information that's dropped, it's like, oh, my God, Jeff Johns is no longer the head whatever he used to be at D.C. I'll go, okay, I've read your, um, your uh, headline, headline on my Facebook. I'll be goddamned if I'm going to click that link. But go ahead. So why is it that you don't want to click bleeding cool as opposed to CBR, which they both traffic in the same information for the most part? Bleeding cool traffics in paparazzi style journalism, quote unquote. Or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do. I feel like they still do. Okay. Um, and it bothers me, like all of the weird rumor mongering and stuff that okay, they do. Okay, so that's what it is. It's like it's just like a, a whole lot of rumors and yeah, stuff like so that. Yeah, so I'm not – if I see something as – Reported by Bleeding Cool, I don't assume that it is correct. Okay. Yeah. But don't you think that, that most of these comic book-centric websites, they all traffic in that type of stuff? Comic book resources, uh, Newsarama, Bleeding Cool. I don't think they make their bread and butter on it. I think they try to actually report things, whereas Bleeding Cool is like, I don't know. I heard a thing. Maybe. Here's an article about it. And I was like, I don't want to. And like, there's been times where they will literally say, wouldn't it be funny if this was the case? And it's like, wh why are you, how is that something to report? Mm. Um, so no, I, and you know, the, but, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that they do that none of those other sites do. They don't find me on Facebook and then come at me sideways because I don't like their website. Okay. Fair enough. That was that was weird. Like I was. That was, I was weird. On, I was on a Facebook page of some friend, and he had made, you know, they had said something about bleeding cool. He had, he had, you know, shared the link or whatever. And so I wound up just saying, "Oh, I can't wait for some other site to report it so that I know it's true." And then, what's his name? Anthony Johnston? I don't even know. Whatever, uh, whatever his name is. Richard Johnson. Richard Johnson. He showed. Anthony Johnson's a writer. He showed up underneath it and like gave me sass. Like, oh, I guess you only like to read. Uh, uh, press releases, and I was like, "What? Who the fuck are you? Get out of here!" It was just weird. Like he showed up in my mentions. Like anyway. See, but to me, CBR does a lot of the same things, man. Yeah. CBR, especially over the last year or so, they've turned into just such a like uh, like a click whore. Oh yeah. So like, their average story is basically, hey. These are the Avengers that we really want to see in Avengers Four. Oh, I don't 4. click those. <laughs> but I'm just saying that's those. that's most of the site now, yeah. man. That's most of the stuff that's on there. Hmm. They don't really even have like the because years ago they used to have like different articles and different writers. They did like different features and stuff. They don't have any of that anymore. Maybe shame. it is like one or two. What's a good um, comic book site? I mean, where do you go? I don't go anyplace. Yeah. I go to CBR. I go to CBR because um, there is the one thing that they still do. Uh, I think it's Brian Cronin does it. It's um, comic, untold comic legends that could be true or something like that. Like, I'll go check that out um, because that usually at least is trafficking in something that really happened. Right. Or him, like, telling a story. And every And every once in a while, they will have an article that loosely it involves some type of reporting or creative writing to it and not just um, clickbait yeah. for, you know, the 
top ten top ten gadgets that Batman wouldn't put in his, his utility <laughs> belt. I'm like, what the fuck? But um, but other than that, honestly. I don't go to yeah. too much any of them, man. I I, I, I did like the ones that you mentioned. I, I, I couldn't tell you what site that exists on, but there have been a couple of times where it's like, oh, this weird thing happened back in the 80s behind the scenes of comic books, and that caused John Byrne to draw the word sex in this one panel. What's the story behind that? And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's, that's, that's exactly it. That's that it, it, Brian yeah. Cronin. It? And it's on, it's on CBR. Is that CBR? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, comic book reporting websites got a tough gig these days. They do. You can, I can go literally and talk to Dan Slott. I can go talk to, probably not Jeff Johns, but you know, uh, there's a lot of people on there. If I have a question for Sean Murphy, I could tweet at him and he'll get back to me. So it's yeah, it's hard to be that go-between now. It is. It is very hard. It's it, it's um, for those that you know. I mean, it used to be an industry mm-hmm. where people were making their making their living, and it's unfortunately is is dying out. Yeah. If it hasn't died out completely. Yeah, I miss uh, Wizard Magazine. Love that, John. Yeah, because now everybody is going to like the IGNs of the world and writing for their websites or writing for different different blogs. You know, be Pajaba or mm-hmm. Variety or, or something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, uh, do we have emails? <laughs> Can we talk about emails? Yes, we do have emails. I got one here. Uh, let's it? hear it. Sure. Who's it from? It. Ninja Tribble. Ninja Tribble. Yo, what's up, dog? And my man did something that I like here. He says it says from Ninja Tribble. To gutter talk. Oh, I appreciate that. So that we know, yeah, sometimes we go through the emails and we're like, oh, wait, no, that's for spoiler alert. Oh, that's for, okay. JD and Len are right, Ninja Tribble says. Bell has no good reason to fall for Beast. However, Beast was at most 10 when he was cursed for not letting a stranger stay at his house when his parents were away. It is likely during the next 10 years of being cursed, he had limited human contact outside of his also cursed servants. Mm. This probably explains why he has not gotten past the punch the girl in the arm and run back to the other side of the playground method Mm. of flirting. So maybe find a happy medium between shunning him forever like the rest of society and starting a long-term romantic relationship with him. Any thoughts on the Todd McFarlane directing a Blumhouse reboot of Spawn? It just makes me wonder if I still have a VCR to watch the old HBO TV series instead. Ninja Tribble throwing a smoke bomb and disappearing. We actually just talked about um, the new uh, Spawn Spawn on this most recent episode of Black Tribbles. We kind of touched on it a little bit at the top of the show. Uh, Todd McFarlane is directing it. He's kind of letting word out that there's going to be limited time that you see spawn actually in his costume he wants to make it more of a horror yeah yeah um which to me i guess i can understand because i think i think for most of his run because spawn has been out running strong for at least good 20 years almost yeah, now probably 25 yeah so if, and for most of that that run it's it's gone away from its more superhero Origins, yeah, and to more horror suspense mm-hmm. bent, so that certainly makes sense. Um, and them casting Jamie Foxx in it gives the the uh, project a little bit more prestige to it. You yeah. got a you know Academy Award winning actor in there, so I'm interested in it. I'm going to check it out. Um, Blumhouse. They got a very high batting average so yeah, far. Yeah, man, Blumhouse has been killing it. Yeah, so the past, no reason. Like three years. 
Yeah, I got I do have to say though, until Jamie Foxx signed on, I couldn't have given a fuck. Nah, man. Uh, the way I the way I thought about it was, oh, Todd McFarlane's still working on that Spawn movie, huh? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be rated R, huh? Could be more of a horror movie. Have we been talking about this for 15 years? Yep. Um, and so when it when he finally cast Jamie Foxx, um, I think I, I saw someone had shared something, and so I made sure it wasn't bleeding cool. And then went, <laughs> uh, oh, it looks like Jamie Foxx was actually cast. So good for Todd, was my thought. Good for him. I hope he makes a movie that he wants to make. I didn't realize he was directing it. Yeah, see, that oh, gives man. me some pause. Ah, I, I'm, I'm seeing Frank Miller's spirit Yo, all over again. That's exactly what I'm, yep, my thoughts exactly. What the, don't, don't do that. Don't, oh, man. Like, even if I, I'm not Todd clearly. But if I created a character like Spawn, and I was riding high on all those action figures and the baseballs and all all the hoopla that he gets himself into, I still wouldn't direct a movie. I still wouldn't be like, you know what? I've never done this in my life. I'm going to do it. I don't know. But I guess that's how he made a a whole... That's how he made the comic. Action figure franchise, right? That's true. Yeah. He was just like, I never made action figures. I'm going to do it. And... Tom McFarlane certainly has enough connections mm-hmm. that while he may go down as the director, you get a really strong DP, sin- DP strong assistant director, yeah. and producer to help you. He can pull it and off. And Jamie Foxx. Yeah, he yeah. can pull it off. Yeah. You know, so. I, I want it to be, I would love nothing more than for this movie to come out and it just be awesome. Yeah. I, I want it to be great because I used to love Spawn way back in the day. And um, I fell off, I think, before, like around issue 50. Same thing with like Savage Dragon, I think it was. Um, but yeah, I wish them the best. I hope it's good. Look, figure if the movie Blumhouse is, you know, they keep their budgets low. But yeah. if you got Jamie Foxx on there, that's going to raise your budget up a little bit. So let's say this movie is 10 to $15 million. It should, depending on when they put it out there. The, the the weekend that it does open, it should be able to make that much in its first first yeah. weekend, and after that, you're off to the races. Yeah, so I'll definitely go see it if it looks good. Yeah, even if it looks like shit, I'll probably still go see it. But you're gonna go see it. I know. can't stop. Gotcha. Can't stop won't stop. We got another email from. Oh wait 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 wait. Oh yeah, more. Wait. Um, Bell. Bell and the Beast. Oh, his whole theory about the beast being um, raised away from human contact. Is that what, was Beast 10 years old when he wouldn't let people into his house? Probably in the, in the actual story. Oh, you got to okay. remember, the actual stories are a lot darker yeah. than the, you know, the, the Disney-fied versions. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if he was, well, okay, I don't remember the original story. In the original story, when he is cursed... Are his servants cursed too? Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole thing, right? Otherwise, why would they? Have, was there a second cursing? I don't know. I mean, I didn't know like if, if they were actually part of the original story. Oh, I don't know the original story. I know, I know the Disney movie, and then the I know Disney in the Disney remake. movie. Yes, in the Disney movie, of That's course, all I know. they're cursed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I only know the Disney movie and the the '80s TV series. So that's really all I know about Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so there's, I think his name is and Adam. a fractured fairy tale. Fractured fairy tale? There was a fractured fairy tale back in the 60s. Oh, okay. I Adam Ellis is one of my favorite web cartoonists. Mm-hmm. He does uh, Books of Adam. And he, he's actually been writing this, like, 
creepy, supposedly true story called Dear David about him being haunted by this small boy on Twitter. It's been like this whole Twitter thing that he just started posting pictures and explaining to people, which has just been optioned for a movie now. God bless. And uh, anyway, he's a really funny cartoonist. And uh, he had had done uh, a Beauty and the Beast. And it's like the little kid, the kid Chip. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's got like the he's missing a part of his uh yeah his, of his cup he's, he's a cup and he's like there's a fracture in there, and so the kid <laughs> Chip turns back into a real boy and he's just got a fractured skull. Like, <laughs> his brains are like leaking out of his skull. <laughs> Ew. It's pretty. It's pretty terrible. It's pretty creepy. So Leonard, we have another email. We do. Why don't you read it? Oh, I certainly shall. It's from Christopher Sensasi. Good, Good night. night. Dear fuckers. Oh, that's rude. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) This is the second time he came at me like that. Uh, He asked about the show. So he he, he emails me. He's like, so did the the store get all put together? You all done the store? And I was like, no, I'm still working on it. And and he sends me another, uh, he tweets at me. He's like, hey, can't wait for the show later today, Tuesday, the day that the new show drops. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be out, you know, today because we didn't do one this week because I'm, you know, making a new store. And he he said something like, you motherfucker. (laughs) I'm just saying, he's getting saucy, that saint. (laughs) Go ahead, finish the email. I'm sure it's great. (laughs) Belle is the best princess. Oh, man. She reads books. Belle was always my favorite for that reason alone. Who doesn't love a girl excited by a huge library? Hmm. Hmm. Brandon, I have indeed read the new canon Thrawn book. It was really fun. I thought The Last Jedi was fun. I didn't care for The Force Awakens, but I enjoyed The Last Jedi once I finally saw it on DVD. I'll eventually see Solo the same way. I won't pay for it, but I'll catch it eventually. Well, good for you. How's he going to... He's going to wait for it to be on DVD, but he's not going to pay for it? Go ahead. Still trying to work that out, but go ahead. (laughs) This is a reference to two episodes ago. Len, I don't know if you've paid attention to the Justice League Odyssey, but Wonder Woman is teaming up with Darkseid to take on a cosmic being. I look forward to hearing your take, uh, y'all's take on Cloak and Dagger. Ah, but I wrote this before hearing this week's episode. Krypton exceeded all expectations, and since I have next to none for Cloak and Dagger, I'm hoping it won't let me down. My girlfriend has started watching Krypton. Ah. Which, totally out of the blue, that she had Krypton on one day. Um, And it was early on in the run. And I had seen maybe about two episodes of Krypton coming in the middle. Yeah. And I appreciated the aesthetic of it, but I just wasn't caught up. Yeah. It just didn't grab me. She watched it from the beginning. She was watching it, I think it was either the first or the second episode. So I sat down and watched it with her. It looks cool. I just don't. It ain't all that? I just don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. So, sorry. Oh, I should, I should say, I don't care, but I haven't seen it. Ah. I care. I don't care, and I have seen it. Uh, it was funny to hear JD talk about cloak and dagger and runaways because the only knowledge i have from them comes from the few issues of runaway their origins as explained in that are that they got their powers by experimental drug trials yeah we Mm -hmm. talked about all that yep yep 
So when they have them get their powers in an accident, a la the Hulk or Fantastic Four, I just assumed they didn't want to have the drug stuff as part of the series. But then they show Randy snorting some kind of crushed up pills. The show goes to some dark places that I wasn't expecting. The one thing I don't like is from the trailers, they keep referring to them as the divine pairing. I don't need that shit. It's two <laughs> kids who have powers. No need to make them the answer to a prophecy or whatever. Glad you enjoyed The Credibles, Len, but I never cared for it. Bumblebee is going to kick all sorts of ass, but while that is the correct paint job for Starscream, in the original comics and cartoon, he was an F-15 Eagle. While the paint job briefly seen certainly looks like Starscream, I don't believe that's an F-15 Eagle. Holy shit. Chris St. Saucy, good night. Wow. I could not tell you what sort of plane that Starscream was. Me neither. You know what? I wish I could go back to the Transformers of, of the, uh, my heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey! Um, and watch them and get the same enjoyment out of them that I used to. I don't know. When you when we were talking about Starscream right now and, and Bumblebee and how much I used to really enjoy those um, uh, Generation 1 uh, Transformers. Right. I, I, <laughs> I don't enjoy them as much as I used to. I wish I could go back and just... Watch Love them the way that I used to, you know. It's it's a bummer. I mean that's unfortunate. I mean that's the way it is. You know, some things that you enjoyed as a kid, you rewatch them, and you're like, it's just not the same excitement. Yeah, most most things I find that I used to see, like, but is get it mo- excited about? I, I guess maybe it is most things. There are still some things that still tickle me. Like I can still watch not all, but a lot of the old Warner Brothers cartoons. And they still just will crack me up. Mine actually are the Tiny Toons. I just recently saw okay. a couple Tiny Toons, and I was like, oh, these are still pretty fun. Yeah. I really enjoy these characters. For some reason, those original Looney Tunes, while they were a staple of my childhood, they didn't really stick around with me into my adulthood. Hmm. You know, I, I don't... I, I think... What is it? Cartoon Network does this really cool thing, which I meant to bring up a long time ago. On my Facebook feed, they will do live, I think it's Cartoon Network Live, Saturday morning cartoons. And you could go and just watch this live stream of like old classic Saturday morning cartoons. And I thought, really? How dope is that? So like what kind of cartoon, what cartoons are they showing? When I flipped past it, it was like, you know, classic, um, I thought it was like classic Bugs Bunny stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, anyway, uh, I just had a little bit of, tiny bit of malaise there thinking about the old Transformers and... Things that I used to love that just don't hold up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, but you know, that's as you get older. I can still watch like there's a lot of movies that I think hold up, mm-hmm. but as far as Saturday morning cartoon entertainment, GI Joe doesn't hold up. Transformers doesn't hold up. The Rubik's Cube cartoon doesn't hold up. Cubert. <laughs> no, no, those, those don't hold up. Gobots, the Gobits. But but Rubik's Cube, Cubert, Gobots. I'm sorry, JD. They didn't hold up then. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> I was a wee lad. I was a youngin. Yeah. And I was just there. Yo, man, I cannot think of many memories as a child that I love as much as waking up before everybody else on Saturday morning, having a big bowl of whatever the cereal, the chocolate sugar bombs might Mm -hmm. be, and uh, just sitting and having my alone time and watching Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. That was my dream. It was was everybody's dream. Yeah. That was everybody's but, world. Anyway, thank you so much, Crank, Crank Saucy. Yeah, you were a crank. Uh, 
You're a little bit of a crank right there. Uh, also, I did. I didn't listen to the last episode. Did, did you edit out literally everything about Patreon, my Patreon? Yes, as you asked me. Oh, great. Well, I have a Patreon, y'all, <laughs> uh, and I have a Patreon. I couldn't believe it. So I was. I had set up the Patreon. I made a whole stupid video. It's stupid. You should watch it. Just. It's very cute. Send me hate mail because it's so annoying. Um, and then I made it live. Because I thought we mentioned it on the last episode, and I wanted to have it at least there so that people could be like, oh, that's a thing that exists in reality. And so I brought it up to show a friend of mine. And I was like, oh, look, I made a Patreon. He's like, oh, I was thinking about doing that. Let me check it out. And uh, unbeknownst to me, there was already a Patreon. Uh, <laughs> someone had donated a dollar. So I get a dollar a month from Katie. Fulfer. Nice. And I, I really wanted to say thank you because you're my first. And Because so, when I clicked it, I said, oh, I have one Patreon. And I went, well, my mom doesn't know about it yet. I'd have to show her how to use Patreon in order <laughs> to get money from my mother. So it's not her. So I bet, I wonder if it's like St. Saucy or one of our you know, right, regulars. Listeners. It's got to be one of our regulars. And when I saw Katie, I was like, I don't think I know Katie. So I was tickled beyond belief that uh, you were nice enough to throw a dollar my way. I really appreciate it. Uh, so if anyone else wants to do that, Patreon backslash Johnny Destructo. There you go. So thank you, Katie. Um, what do we have? Another email? Is that it? Do you want to move on? No, we do have one more email. Uh, I love you, Katie. I'm sure you do. From the home dad abroad. Oh yeah, that guy. Hi, JD and Len, but mostly Len. Oh, rude. Sorry, JD, but you are off the hook this time since you didn't care to didn't dare to contradict me. <laughs> I like this guy. However, JD was correct in assuming that I was being sarcastic about the negation of Lynn Johnston's success. Note, you can usually default my comments to sarcasm. Hmm. Ah, very good for uh, for the future there, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Abroad. Mr. Abroad. First, the fresh stuff. Cloak and Dagger having a romantic connection in the ultimate universe may it long rest in peace, is gross. <laughs> Not because of their ethnic diversity, but because their long-standing relationship from the 616 universe was never romantic. Cloak and Dagger bonded as siblings, surrogate brother and sister, a relationship that can never end in a breakup, never be tainted by sexual tension, never be forgotten through time or distance. They became kin, and in every meaningful appearance they ever made in Marvel has been stronger and more intensely interesting for it. Too often, writers lean on the crutch of sexual tension to give depth to male-female relationships, which hopefully will not follow into the broader spectrum of relationships we now have open access to in storytelling because gay slash lesbian slash trans slash or what have you romances slash friendships ha slash adversaries don't need the oft heavy dash handed crutch of colon sex colon, colon I'm joking colon sex. <laughs> to keep their banter or dynamic interactions intriguing and meaningful the one and only thing that has kept Cloak and Dagger reappearing in comics throughout the years is that their connection is deeper and more powerful than the throwaway will-they-won't-they they contrived hookups of the rest of all of the comic book universes. Here, here. That's why I said that that was a, a That's cheat. That's great. I love that. As for the, as for the Loki conspiracy... 
That would just be contrived bad writing that would bring down the lofty ideas and subtle growths explored in the rest of the MCU. The Hulk's fear is an extension of the character growth he has been afforded by his subsuming of the Banner persona. It would also negate the mini Hulk movie that Marvel has been making within Ragnarok, Infinity War, and the final Phase 3 Avengers pick. Loki had a good run. Let him go. Nice. Now, the stale stuff. And with that said, I will now do exactly what I shamed myself away from doing when I listened through gritted teeth as you rebutted my rantings in the last email <laughs> I will rebuke I love how passionate he is I just can't help it I can never get away with rebuking my wife and a man needs an outlet and much like with my wife however interesting the following may be to me if you don't want to torture your listeners with it or at least read it quietly to yourself getting to talk back to you guys means so much to me Oh. Len claimed that Cerebus kind of analyzed misogyny in its pages, but only because Day Sim retained the author's ability to view himself from the outside, even while careening down into the abyss of unfettered woman hatred. It seemed to start rearing its ugly but well-executed head after the nasty dissolution of his marriage to Denny Lupert, his co-publisher and editor, the woman he used as inspiration for the character Astoria in Cerebus, one of the strongest, smartest, and most intelligent and interesting female characters ever put to page. But readers only became viscerally aware of his growing misogyny with the post-divorce revenge rape <gasps> of Astoria what? by Cerebus through her first-person blindfolded and chained experience. It wasn't right, it wasn't just, but it was internally consistent with the impotence Astoria's manipulations brought out of Cerebus. The aardvark dude raped somebody? His wife in the, in the comic. Goddamn. Prior to all of that, Dave and Denae as a team were creating from 77 to 83, the only fully successful comics publisher outside of Marvel and DC. They were hiring creators and publishing about 10 monthly titles and were profitable. But none of that survived the divorce. Hmm. As for Len's unfavorable comparison to Eric Larson's output, Dave himself was not just doing Cerebus without Gerhard at that point, but was an active publisher out touring and promoting his books and writing, drawing young Cerebus stories for Marvel's Epic magazine and other special Cerebus stories for other outside publications. In terms of his getting his core book out consistently, in 27 years, Cerebus was late a handful of times measuring in mere weeks. You in accurately described months and years of hiatus. Similarly, Doonesbury did take a hiatus from publication, but was only for 22 months, during which Trudeau created a stage musical from the strip. The musical acted as a bridge from the character's college commune days to the grown-up world of work and family that the strip would continue as. Its characters real-time aged two years during the hiatus, picking up with them all having gone their separate ways and getting jobs and settling down but still as scathing as ever in its social and political commentary. Whereas Lynn Johnston's strip was 
far more intensely about family life. Neither strip was better or worse, see what I did, than the other. Neither bears direct comparison or rip-off shaming. In fact, none of these arguments I have put forth were meant to downplay the other creator's accomplishments, but simply to show the precedence that enable newer luminaries, such as Larson, to become what they would be. We are tall because we stand on the shoulders of giants. But more to the point, Nihil Navom Samsul, the home dad abroad. P.S. Oh, come on. Nihil Navom Samsul means there is nothing new under the sun. As in every story has been told, every feeling has been felt by others before us. We're the same kind of people who hunted and gathered. Every generation just discovers the same things for themselves in their own way. That's why everything has a familiarity to it, why we can usually predict which way a story is going to jump, and why amazing feats like Larson's become humdrum so fast. PPS, I know. I start writing and it just can't stop. <laughs> it's what I do. It's like Stephen King. Sent via inelegant terminology. Holy shit. The home data. Well, thank you for joining us. That's our show. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, wow, there was a lot. I don't even... Jesus. There's nothing really unpack. He basically... I mean, he, 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 he put out his arguments. It was a great email, as all the emails from the Home Dad Abroad yeah. are. And I'm just glad that we are able to fulfill a service for him. Yes. Because he is obviously just, you know, walks around his home with just gritted teeth <laughs> all day long. We're basically his live journal. He just Pretty much. <laughs> that's what we are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm good. I'm good for that. So thank you, Home Dad Abroad, for emailing us. Is there anything we need to respond to in there? Not really. Any questions or anything, right? Not uh, really. I mean, he gave us definitely the history of Cloak and Dagger, yeah. which was well said. And um, the, I, I, I still want to see the first episode. I really want to watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll check real, it out. Go, real good things. Um, yeah. Any, what do we want to talk about? It's interesting that they're doing Cloak and Dagger, and Cloak and Dagger is, is a character that keeps coming back, and like you said, for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Because of, and I think it, it, he's right, it all goes back to the original creation. Yeah. And that, and the fact that they were never a couple and that they were actually truly devoted friends. I like that a lot, actually. Um, I really think there should be more pairings like that. Mm-hmm. Were, were we on the air when we were talking about the Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3? I don't think so. Okay, because what I liked about Karate Kid 3, it was one of the first times I ever really experienced that sort of relationship twixt a man and a woman. In the first Karate Kid, he's uh, got a crush on Elizabeth Shue, and they wind up, I think, kissing at the end, and they wind up together. And then in part two, Daniel-san winds up going to Okinawa, where um, uh, Mr. Mr. Miyagi is from. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he has a crush on a girl who lives there, and then mm. they have a little thing. And then part three happened, and for the love of me, I can't remember the plot of that movie, mm -hmm. but I do remember being struck by waiting for them to wind up kissing and being a thing, like this is his third girlfriend. And at the end, it was just, no, they're just buds. Yeah. And I went, oh, what a fun, interesting way to do that. Because mm -hmm. up, up until that point, a man and a woman always wound up together by the end of the movie. Right. And so this is my first experience going, oh, no, they're just buds. That's really yeah. cool. I like that a lot. So, did you do you have a memory of like that sort of first time? The, that first time of of like you know. Oh, when I noticed that guys and girls can just be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, pop culture, I should. If, oh, in pop culture, um, not really. Well, no, I guess 
it would be in reading Batman comic books and coming along Robin and Batgirl. Because the, the first Batgirl, the original Batgirl, who was the niece of the original Batwoman, both of those characters were decidedly created to be love interests for Batman and Robin. That was the Batwoman that was Katie Kane that wore the yellow suit with the red cape. Um, that was the first Batgirl. That was the first. That was the first Batwoman with the yellow suit with oh, the red Bat- cape. Well, I think it was the first Batgirl. And I well, no, that. her niece became the first Batgirl. What? Yeah, you, Babs you, wasn't the first Batgirl. No. Holy cats! No, there was a there was a Batgirl before that. Bat that Batgirl, I guess you probably didn't even realize, would later on come back to comics um, in the late seventies and join Teen Titans West. When I teen, don't remember that there was a teen. They had there was two a, teams. There was a Teen Titans West, and that Batgirl became a member of that that team. So where, who was on? All right, just real quick. On Teen, teen Titans West. Yeah. Teen Titans West was um, that Batgirl, Lilith. Uh, I think Speedy went out there as well. Um, this big Neanderthal dude named Nyark, and Nyark. Yeah, because it was like G-N-A-R-K-K. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think, and the Golden Eagle. What? Who are these people? The Golden You're Eagle was on there. <laughs> I'm not making these up. These are, these are actual characters. And um, and I, wanted, I don't think Bumblebee was there. Shall I? Go ahead. Shall I wiki you? Um, wiki, wiki. Uh, Lilith Omen. Yes. Uh, Hawk. Dove. Oh, Hawk and Dove was there. Yeah. Nyark. <laughs> you see? Nyark. Um, Batgirl slash Flamebird. That could, that's the name she took Mary on. Mary Elizabeth slash, or Mary Elizabeth, quote unquote, Betty Kane. Yes. Uh, Golden Eagle, who is Charlie Parker, or Chaal Andar. Okay. Fuck you, comic books sometimes. Beast Boy slash The Changeling. That's right, because that's before the reboot of Teen Titans, where Beast Boy became a member of Teen Titans proper. Man. This was like the late 70s. 1977, Teen Titans 50. Yep. And was there was there a book for them, or was it like... They no, were what happened, what basically happened, if I remember correctly, in Teen Titans, like every other issue for a little bit of time, was like proper Teen Titans, then a Teen Titans West it. Oh, how was that received? Not very well, which is why the Teen Since Titans... Since I didn't know that there was a Teen Titans West, <laughs> I guess that does explain something, yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's why that the Teen Titans never really found their footing until the reboot with Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Oh, so this Perez. was pre-Wolfman this Perez. Is pre- this pre- wasn't part of that. No, no, this is pre that. Oh, right, because it's 77, and the Wolfman Perez stuff didn't start until... In the 80s. 80s, right on, right on. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. anyway, that first, that first Batgirl... Yeah. And and Batwoman, they were made to be love interests for Batman and Robin mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s. So much so that a lot of their issues was all about, you know, oh my god, Batman and Batgirl, Batman and Batwoman are married. Now what are Bat Batgirl and Robin going to do, you mm-hmm. know? Um and then there's this one famous issue when Batman and Batwoman are stranded on a quote-unquote planet. And they're both dying, and it is there that they both uh, 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 admit their love for one another. Aww. Yeah, it's whatever. So, um, oh. but when they rebooted Batgirl with Barbara Gordon, yeah, um, 
when they did that, she wasn't made to be a love interest at all. She was made to be a separate character. And that's when I came around to the comics. Like, I found the original Batgirl, like, reading old comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I saw that Batgirl, her and Robin, they were teaming up as just friends. They were just cool. They weren't, they weren't like, a love interest at oh, all. So that's the first time it really hit for me. Because okay. before then, I saw, you know, Black Canary and Green Arrow. Well, they were fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Superman and Lois Lane, they wanted to be fucking, mm -hmm. you know, so. All right, cool. All right, motherfucker, let's talk about best friends. <laughs> okay. Podness. 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 No, well, there's a difference. Best oh. friends are not, not necessarily your partner. Because oh. Batman and Robin are partners, but they're not best friends. Oh, that's true, that's true. People who got your back. Yeah. Yeah. They're not all best I, friends. All I really know is the, the Will Smith song, Podness. <laughs> I always like to like to me to believe it or not I think that's one of the differences between the Avengers and the Justice League the Avengers I think while they're not all great friends with one another I think there are pockets of really good friendships mm. that come together for the to form that team mm -hmm. whereas the Justice League I think they are all just partners and I think that's the difference you know? See, I would I would politely disagree because when I was growing up and reading the JL, uh, Wally and Kyle were the two kind of newbies who had to prove things to the other Justice Leaguers who were like these big godlike creatures. Mm -hmm. But while while Kyle and Wally were sort of the young uh, pups. Yeah, yeah, them young boys who um, had to fill the shoes of people, you know, their predecessors, 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 and so that sort of formed a bond between them. But you were saying that when you were younger, Wally and well, not uh, Wally, yeah, when I was younger, Wally and Dick Grayson were best because they were Teen Titans. So they were Teen Titans, yeah. and and from little kids mm -hmm. growing up, you know, what I mean, they could they could never really because the Teen Titans originally were Wally, Kid Flash, Robin, Dick Grayson, Garth Aqualad, mm -hmm. um, Roy, Speedy, and Donna Troy as Wonder, Wonder Girl. Girl. Aqualad would always had to, had to go leaving because he was drying the hell out. <laughs> Speedy had to go leave because he had to go take care of something. Yeah, he was you drying know? out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, Wonder Girl... You know, because they were young boys, they were a little unsure about her mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like this big, pretty woman walking around. <laughs> How you doing, Wendy girl? You know, so the Wally and and uh, Dick. Dick just gradually became closer and closer friends. And as the Teen Titans grew on in age, that fr that friendship always stayed true. Yeah, I think because of publishing... Yeah, publishing, publishing like, jacks all that up. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, because then all of a sudden Wally was the Flash and he wasn't in the Teen Titans. So, uh, and then Nightwing wasn't in the Teen Titans anymore. He was doing his own book. Yeah, but even then, to me, while I understand in the comic book, the Justice League, they wrote Wally and Kyle was getting along, mm -hmm. and maybe even to some degree in all of the in in their individual books. To me, there were still enough signs out there that. Wally and Dick were still close, right. and they were st they were still best friends. the 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 rewriting of friendships that I didn't like. Batman and Superman were best friends at one time. Yeah, and they stopped being best friends. I actually didn't mind 
them rewriting that. That was yeah. fine with me. It makes sense for those types of characters. Exactly. So it made them more interesting. So I was I was cool with that. However, Hal Jordan's Green Lantern, to me, in my world, growing up in the 70s, his best friend was always Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow. That's who he shared a comic book with. That's who was with him that's who was with uh, Oliver when they discovered that Speedy had a drug problem. Yeah, it was it was Hal. It was they are the ones that went through so many adventures together and was such good friends. Even when they were on the Justice League, sometimes Justice League story sometimes, and Green Arrow would like act a fool. It was Hal that would be the one that would calm him down. Oh. So those were the two best friends that I always appreciated. And then when they all of a sudden rewrote it so that now Hal was supposed to be best friends with Barry Allen, I was like, the Barry Allen's flash, I was calling foul. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, they were cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they weren't friends, but that wasn't his bull. His bull was Oliver Queen. It was not Barry Allen. And it made sense because Barry Allen was corny and was boring. (laughs) And Hal would not roll with Barry like that. That's true. Yeah, Barry was such a nerd. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Hal would be best friends with him. No, he'd be cool with him. He's a bro. Yeah. He's dude bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, uh, When I oh. One of my favorites was The Thing and, um, not The Thing, Spidey and Human Torch. Yes. That was a big deal back in the 80s. Like, they mm-hmm. would hang out. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember, how would he, oh, they would always meet at the Empire State Building. Yep. That was, like, their meeting place. And, uh, you know, the um, Johnny would, like, write in fire, you know, meet me at the place or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Spidey would know to go to... Um, uh, the Empire State Building, and I always thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought that was real cool because they, it it made sense because in that era of comics, they were around the same age. Yeah, it, growing up in their superhero dom. You know, but even they, even way back in the day, the you know the Steve Ditko stuff. That's true. Yeah. Um, he he was such a dick in his first appearance in Spider Man. You know, Johnny shows up mm-hmm. and uh, he's got you know the gorgeous car and he's got all the women and then spider-man shows up and he just sort of like they were very antagonistic towards each other yeah way back yeah uh, they were almost i wouldn't say enemies but like they did not click immediately no, they did not so that was something that over the course of decades they sort of cultivated this friendship which i thought was really cool now you had mentioned while we were off air that and you're right but i never think of it unless i think of the origin of the fantastic four that it was the thing and reed yeah, that was supposed to be his best friend. Again, another pairing made no sense nah. why they would be best friends. No. But but to a degree, you could maybe understand it because Reed was such an egghead and Ben would be the one that protect him from himself. Yeah. Or maybe even keep him grounded. Yeah. Because when sometimes when Reed will go off onto his highfalutin ideas and would be leaving Sue behind, Ben was the one be like, yo, you better go catch your girl man because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you you know namor's coming yeah yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Know? <laughs> you know so you better you better act well, like you know bro is, is, is heading over yeah. yeah yeah exactly man you don't want them pointy ears all up in your invisible snatch <laughs> oh my god yeah i don't i never really saw them as friends throughout reading but i've never been a huge ff guy mm-hmm. i would dip in and out and check it out here and there but they didn't catch me on a monthly basis yeah i was reading somewhere oh i was listening to a podcast 
um, geek history lesson oh. where they teach like a history lesson about some character or something like that. And they were doing an Iron Man history. It's audio? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the one guy, and I forget the guy's name, the, the host. And it's a cool podcast. But he was talking about how they were doing a history of Iron Man. And he was do- talking about how in his reading of it, Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Reed were best friends. But they, because they were always trying to one-up each other. Yeah, I could see that. And I was like, yeah, they may be trying to one-up each other, but they weren't best friends. Nah. Nah, that's corny. Nah, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. You don't know what you're talking about. That is aggressive. Iron Man's best friend always and always was. Happy Hogan. Always, no. No? No. Oh. It's James. James Rhodes. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's Rhodey. You're right. That was always Will and always has been his best friend. Happy was cool. Happy was bull. But Happy ha- wasn't his buddy? Is no, Happy was his buddy. It he was, was like buddy. second buddy? Yeah, but James was because as they wrote it, they had a shared. They, him and Rhodes have more of a shared history. Oh, you know? I don't know their history. I think that for some reason, I think their history has a, a military background in in I it. I can see that, and, yeah. and and maybe that's the history with with Happy too. But for whatever reason, and maybe it was just to put a black person in the comics. But they made James his, his best friend, and goddamn it, that works for, for me. Okay. All and right. it probably is more along the lines of, you know. One of the more recent pairings that I like is actually Jessica Jones and Carol Danvers. I do like that. Yeah, that's nice. Every so often they would get, you know, this, the uh, issue would start with them, like, getting lunch or having coffee or yeah. something and talking about their woes and stuff Well, that, like that was Brian Bendis. Again, Brian Bendis, when he created the character Jessica Jones, not only did he create this fully fleshed character that it's, you know, Taken root and 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 sworn in uh, in Marvel, but he took these other characters that nobody was really doing anything with: mm-hmm. Luke Cage, yep. Carol Danvers, the Purple Man, and made them absolutely positively interesting and captivating. Yep, you know what I mean, one hundred percent. So and and just by making Carol Danvers her best friend. Talking Jessica through all the stuff that the Purple Man did with her, mm-hmm. which then gave Jessica the entree to talk to Carol about all the stuff that she went through. Because a lot of people don't know that there was a famous Avengers annual the way they did Carol Danvers dirty, had her basically raped in the comic book by a guy, and then have like some cosmic seed planted in, inside her and all this type of stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, that. You know, because of the time, they never spoke to how that really affected that character. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, when they wanted to just make her loopy, they would yeah. say, oh, it's because of this. But they yeah. never really got delved deep into yeah. what that would do to a woman. And it was through her appearing in uh, Alias and Jessica Jones that you re- Brian Bendis really examined that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I always like that. Um who who else? Who else we got? Oh, you know what? They're not best friends. But recently, something happened with Flash Thompson. So when I was growing up, Peter was best friends with Harry Osborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a big deal that his dad was the Green Goblin and blah, blah, yada, yada. But that seems to have gone by the wayside ever since Harry kind of died and was brought back for one brand new day. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Pete was made a little younger. And, it, you know, they kind of just say that they're best friends, but they never really engage each other exactly. in the comic books like they used to. They used to be like roommates. They would they would go to CMJ, go 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 dancing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do all sorts of stuff. But now um, there was a really touching moment recently with Flash, and I really appreciate how Flash Thompson went from a bully who used to pick on Puny Parker to a war hero, to Venom, to anti-Venom. Um, I just, I really like how their relationship grew and developed and went through a metamorphosis throughout the past, you know, however many years. So d did he eventually discover Peter Parker as Spider-Man? I mean, if he had the symbiote. I guess he must have, right? I don't remember. I don't 100% remember that. Mm. Um, so are they friends now? Him and Peter? Yes. Because he always loves Spider-Man. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember if there was ever that like revelation of like, oh, I was the, the president of the Spider-Man fan club, but <laughs> I was throwing puny Parker in lockers and stuff, and then having to realize that he, well, he must have. He must have. I want to say maybe it was during the JMS run. Okay. Um, but I'm sure someone out there will uh, write in and let me know. Home Dad Abroad will send me a scathing email. So, Him or Chris. Um, what yeah. are they doing with Jimmy Olsen these days? Um, he's just like some redheaded stepchild who hangs out. Really? I mean, he used to be Superman's best friend. That was, that was the so title was the of his title comic of book. The book. Superman's pal, yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he shows up in Man of Steel with Brian Michael Bendis writing it, uh, and he's just sort of like, he's got like a couple of lines, and wow. that's it. He's not really a fleshed out background character as of yet. I don't think they know what to do with Jimmy anymore. Nah, they used to give him like turtle powers and stretching powers mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, I think the last time I spent any particular time with him was back during like the Jerry Ordway stuff. Back mm -hmm. in the 90s, he would show up. Back when they were dealing with the side characters like... Um, Bobo. Bo Bibbo? Bibbo, yeah, Bibbo. yeah. Bibbo, yeah, yeah. With his cornflower ear. Cauliflower. Cauliflower ear, what'd I say? You said cornflower. Oh, yeah, cauliflower ear, thank you. Um, uh, and he would, spell, he would say Superman, S-O-O-P-E-R. So, yeah. He's, yeah. A lot of the, the friendships that we grew up on, Len, they have dissolved, as friendships do occasionally. They do. They, they, they really do. Now, I would tell um I'll tell you that a friendship that has evolved, and I think it's still evolving, but I feel like I like where it's going. Okay, I'm in. Go. That's my friendship with you. <laughs> you caught me so off guard. Because, I mean, you know, oh, shit. full disclosure, me and JD met via Randy. Yeah, yeah. When the two of you worked in Comics and More. Uh-huh. And we we will come in proximity with you and, and bug out with you, come in and talk shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this this redheaded kid at the comics and more. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> and then you, you know, unceremoniously were asked to leave comics and more, to which gave rise to the hero complex. Yeah. And we came here, and me and Randy would come here and bust it up with you. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of times, Randy wasn't able to come. So I came on my own. And I'll be honest, I was nervous of coming on my own. Yeah. Because 
uh, Randy was always like the that, bridge. that bridge. Yeah, yeah. But what had happened is that when you had left Comics and More, you know, Randy was still at Comics and More, so I was at Comics and More with him and Tim, where I met yeah. Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim from last week. Tim from last week. Tim came down here. So Tim... While me and Tim never became like super close friends, he became kind of like, you know, a sub buffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I came down and Randy wasn't there. It was still cool. I still was still cool because Tim was there. Yeah, yeah. No, so I've got, I've got, I, I can buffer through Tim. <laughs> so I oh, buffered I through Tim. And, but in, in doing that, I got to learn more about you. Mm. See that you were. I always had the the image of you just being a, a cool dude, but I saw that you were actually just, you know, just putting it plainly, a very sweet guy. Ah, oh. and uh, someone who I really enjoyed. I have a lot of people in my life who um, I meet, and I realize that wow, if I really did what I was supposed to do they could be like a a good friend of mine. There's one there's one rapper, this guy Zilla Rocca, who I tell him every time I almost every time I see him, it's like, man, it's me. I'm telling you it's me. Yeah. Because me and you should be closer. Yeah, yeah. Because we do get along that well. Yeah, yeah. And I I love the fuck out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's just me and and honestly a little bit of my shyness and not wanting to intrude on people's lifestyles yeah, yeah, and yeah. things like that. Um, that that we we never have. Zilla what? Zilla Rocca. Is he is it, he good? He's fucking phenomenal. Okay, cool. Fucking great. Um, so uh, I I made it a point as me and you got closer that I'm not gonna let this happen with JD. <laughs> so I'm gonna still do the show with JD, and that's gonna be my entree into chilling with JD. Nice. But I'm gonna make it a point that to reach out and like you know be present for him when he wants to talk about the shit that's going on in his life yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know and hopefully he'll return the favor to me and if our friendship never de- evolves cl- further than that then that's still a true friendship oh yeah and yeah. it's not just bugging as as host of a show yeah yeah you know and i like that i actually you know it made me feel good cuz you moved into the new spot and I came down here on Sunday to 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 help you move. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me as I was walking out the house like, do I want to bring the microphones? Oh. No. No. I'm just helping my buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just going to go help my buddy. That's, That's it. That's awesome. And, and and I did. And it meant a lot to me, too, because, like, it wasn't, you know, we're supposed to be moving that night. But you're like, I only got a couple of hours. You know, helped me throw stuff in boxes in order to move them. And it was awesome. I was like, oh, it was really cool of him to show up to just uh, do that, to help me out. Um, yeah, uh, it's fun. <laughs> it didn't really occur to me that way with Randy <laughs> and the buffer. Um, <laughs> but what I have noticed is that on Wednesdays, when we're supposed to be doing the show, when we first started doing the show, I tried to, like, make sure everything was like moving along quickly so that you could get in and get out so mm-hmm. that it wasn't like taking up your day. And now I've noticed over the past you know, several months, we just spend longer and longer just kind of hanging out. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, we, what should we talk about on the show today? <laughs> We've been hanging out for a couple of hours. We should probably do the show. Uh, so that I, that I have noticed, which I, uh, which I love a lot. So uh, it's always interesting when friends 
break the friend buffer. They break yeah. through the, bren, the friend buffer. It is, Into right? other friends. Yeah, I always love that. So, yeah, man, it's always, like, my, one of my favorite parts of my week is when you come down here and we, we hang out. I feel bad that I don't ever go to you. That's occurred to me. You always come to my shop, and I've never, I traveled. Like, I've been on the Prime a couple of times. Yeah. I go to the studio. But, yeah, I've never actually come to you to do it. That's cool. But, um, yeah. I'm the one with the equipment, so it's fine. That's, that's, that surprised me. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think our um, repertoire uh, shines through on the show. It does, I, I think. I feel like people, That's some people, I get nervous. I'm like, oh, we couldn't do a show, just the two of us, <laughs> uh, with other people that I've done some podcasts with. I go, I don't know. I don't know if we could fill that void. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that it's just me and you, yeah, uh, uh, tickles me. Oh, I'm all sweaty <laughs> and emotional. So yeah, that's that's a good that's a good friendship. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I like them. But you know, one of the reasons I brought up cloak and dagger mm. to get us onto our last topic is because before we dip into our our actual last topic, which will be our <laughs> our new weekly feature, uh, Brandon asked us. Um, but the reason I brought up cloak and dagger is because. They keep returning to that, and, and it keeps, it's a property that keeps returning. It keeps coming back. And, but there's a reason for it, because of their friendship. Yeah. So I ask you, JD, JD. <laughs> why, conversely, does DC, because Marvel keeps returning to Cloak and Dagger, yeah. why does DC keep returning to Hawkman? Hawkman. I don't, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, they give up. Just stop. <laughs> they keep, tr like, Jeff Johns tried it. Yeah. And apparently it was real good. I couldn't tell you because I didn't read it because I don't care about Hawkman. And uh, the one thing that he tried to do, from my understanding, is to take all of the 90 different origin stories that Hawkman had. Yes. And s streamline them down, give him a Hawk crisis. Yes. So there's just one little origin. And now I see in the solicitations for Hawkman number one, which dropped today at your local comic book store, uh, there's a new origin story for him. What the, just stop it. Just stop. Brandon, you, they can't hear you, but do you, do you read Hawk, do you have any history with Hawkman? No, no he doesn't know Shut about up. Hawkman. Right. That's what I assume the ending, what? Too complicated. Yeah. That is the way I look at that dog. Look at those dogs, they're so cute. That's how I feel about <laughs> Hawkman, where um, it's there's a lot to jump into, and also he looks dumb. With the character itself, the character you think? Character just looks dumb. See, I think the character itself in his original look with the full hawk mask and the and the and the wings and the big chest. I mean, like, I mean, he's he's a a bold dude. He's just walking around with he's a wrestler. He's walking around yeah. with his chest out, you know. He's he's got the He Man. Whatever bandoliers with the logo yeah. in the middle thing that that yeah well I mean that's the harness that's holding his wings yeah you know I I I, I can kind of dig that but, yeah well I don't even know it depends it depends on the origin Brandon at he said he thought they just had wings but it depends on the origin as as the Hawkman was originally created back in the forties or the, yeah I think in the forties um, he was Carter Hall archaeologist who wandered onto this I think he wandered into the 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 ancient trappings of this old hawk god and stuff which was wings and stuff like that you're already confusing Brandon I know because so it, it sounds like it sounds like Moon Knight 
Uh, right? It was a dude who stumbles onto some like Egyptian stuff. Yeah, but that ha- it's not just Moon Knight. I mean, that happens all the time. Okay. I mean, I mean, like the original Green Lantern stumbled onto his lantern. <laughs> he tripped over it. You know, the, the original Flash stumbled and had chemicals pour on him. All uh, of a sudden, he had super... Are, sp- those are hard water... <laughs> hard water fumes. <laughs> and I remember as a kid being like, what the fuck what is the a fuck hard water, water fumes? He fell asleep at his desk and breathed in some hard water fumes. And next thing you know, he was running fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that beats the, the original wizard of Marvel oh, Comics who was bit by a mongoose. And then he got the speed of a foot. No, I don't even think it was bit. No. I think he got like a transfusion no. Shut up. of Shut mongoose I'm gonna, blood. I'm going to Google this. Look up the original wizard. I lied to you not. I'm pretty sure that was the Golden Age wizard. That was his, that was his uh, origin story. Robert Frank. Yes. Debuted 1941. USA yes. Comics number one. Uh, born in Missouri. I don't care. Origin of the Golden Age character begins while Robert Frank is on a trip to Africa with his father, Dr. Emil Frank, where Frank, no, where Robert is bitten by a cobra. Okay, keep, re- keep reading. Dr. Frank saves Robert by a, transus- by a transfusion of mongoose blood. <laughs> Don't you? And soon discovers that his son has developed super speed. Frank then decides to fight crime and eventually accepts the offer of Invaders member Bucky, who forms the superhero team, the Liberty Legion, to rescue the other invaders. I told uh, you. I told the you. Wizard stays behind and just shits. I told you. <laughs> Mongoose blood. To me, the interesting thing is, like, they should just ignore Hawkman's origin because, like, Wonder Woman. What about her origin? That's super confusing. Well, her but origin is not confusing. It. Her origin, her well, origin, as far as I know, has pretty much stayed the same. She was created out of clay, right? And then formed, and then infumed with life by the Hippolyta gods. Hippolyta was upset; she couldn't have a kid, right. so she. Praise and praise, and she makes a little because that's what people do. You you make a baby out of sand, and then well she's well depending on the story she's either instructed by the guys to do it or whatever. And then they make her a kid. Yeah, yeah. There's things I've heard where like she's either the daughter of Zeus, like an actual like demigod. Well, yeah, they've they've kind of retrofitted some of some of the trappings around it. That's the Brian Azzarello stuff. Yeah, that's the Brian Azzarello stuff. But even even in there, there's that basic tenet of her origin is she was made of clay. It's just like, you know, you can change who killed them all you want. The tenet of Batman's origin is that his family died in Crime Alley. Yeah. The uh, Krypton blew up and and the baby came here. So they can change their trappings around differently, but a core origin is a core origin. Hawkman has had about 12 core origins. Now, you're right. They should just ignore it. You know what they should do? Eric Larson, everybody should take lessons from Eric Larson. Eric Larson created the Savage Dragon, who was this dragon who, not really a dragon, but this green-scaled, muscle-bound guy with a fin and three toes um, on each foot, uh, who all of a sudden showed up and was a good guy, became a cop, and started fighting crime. And for, uh, they may have since told his origin, because I stopped reading it around issue 100, but it got to issue 100, and you didn't know how he became the Savage Dragon. And you know what? You didn't give a fuck because he was the savage dragon. They should just say right now, he's Hawkman. 
It, fucking origin. Now, I still wouldn't give a fuck about the character, but they should, they should just say, boom, he's Hawkman, and that's what he is. If anything, they should do that just for Hawk Girl. Like, because part of why I'm not interested in her is because they're both kind of tied together. Unfortunately. Right, because she seems fine. Like, I like her. I liked her in um, Justice League, the animated show. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, so basically, Hawk Girl is the living embodiment of not passing the Bechdel test. Yes. Yeah. She exists only to find her way to her man. Unfortunately, as they have, they have written her, it was in the Justice League cartoon that she first time truly had her own identity. So, Savage Dragon's origin. I remember, uh. I remember that he never had an origin. I always thought that was kind of cool, but I also like, no, I wonder what his origin is. Turns out his origin is that uh, the dragon used to be an evil tyrant named... Emperor Kerr, K-U-R-R, who led a nomadic race of aliens that live in a starship. They have spent thousands of years searching for a suitable new homeworld, and Kerr had chosen Earth. But when we met him, he was just naked in, a, like in a, the middle of a burning field. Yeah. With no memory. And he wakes up, and he's like, well, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll be a... He, oh, the, a cop had found him. Right. Um, and led him into his house and, like, gave him food and shelter and then trained him. I guess he went to the academy. Cop school. Cop school. Um, police Academy 5 He went to a Police Academy 5 And then was a cop Yeah But yeah, he used to be His name was Kerr And he was That's stupid Yeah that, that, I wish that, I didn't know that Yeah, yeah. That, that, That's uh, that's not canon And so Hawkman and Hawkgirl right now For anybody who doesn't know I believe their origin right now Is that they are c- Constantly reincarnated Yeah Like legends Like in, Yes Legends Weren't they in Legends and then I think they, but they, did they get killed? I know Hawkman got killed. Hawkman got killed, but then he comes back because a future, what's his name? Vandal Savage gets a future version of him and uses that version. The, the, they were awful. They were the worst part of Legend of Tomorrow season one. And then at the end, they find like Nth Metal or something. So then it turns out they're also doing the alien origin. And then it's just like, they were like merging both of them. So, but neither of them are in Legends anymore. No, because everyone hated them. And so yeah, they left at the end of the season, and it was like, maybe they'll come back. And everyone else came back of the team except those two. Yeah, rightfully so. Fuck them. Yeah, nobody cares about Hawkman. Oh, I don't care about Hawkman. No, anyway, okay. email us at... No, uh, don't you want Brandon the Matt, do you don't want to do Email it? us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. And let us know if you like Hawkman. Maybe you have a particular love of Hawkman and you want to share it with us. Maybe we're just not getting something. Yeah, yeah. what aren't we getting yeah. about you, Hawkman? You let us know. Or, or, or you could go to coltspopgo at gmail. Not at gmail. Just coltpopgo.com and, and leave us a voicemail. Brandon is here for our weekly segment. <laughs> Brandon asks us. See, you seem to say ask us. Is it asks us or ask us? The name is to be decided. B-A-U. No, we don't. No, we don't. Brandon wants a new name. <laughs> he get a hey, show. Hey, hey. Brandon can get a show. <laughs> Email in with a new name. Email. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, that's setting content. <laughs> you, you're about to give into it. No, does Brandon have a have a have a? He's a triple designation. He does. I what forget is, what it is. What's your Brandon? That doesn't work either. All right, what do you got? You got something for us? You got questions? I'm gonna hand you my microphone. Wait, how much time do we have? Oh, my God. What time is it? 4.30? It, Jesus Christ. That's what, I didn't expect you guys to be doing it. I thought you'd be done. 
Yeah, you got you got five minutes. Okay, then cool. I'll do a fun one. One sec. My yeah. phone is loading. I would hope it I would be a fun I one. just don't talk, and I should talk because it's a podcast. So I'm talking while my phone loads. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I swear I'm going to <laughs> isolate that yay. Yeah. I, like, he did that on the last one. It's, yay, it's Brandon. That can be my I intro. cracked up. <laughs> I cracked the fuck up when I heard that. Um, are there any characters, heroes or villains, that you'd like to see in the Beboverse or the MCU? In the Beboverse? Um, Bebo because in Legend of Tomorrow, there was this little, it was like a Tickle Me Elmo thing, uh, and it was Bebo, and it got transported back to like the Viking times, and they worshipped it. And so now fans have dubbed the Arrowverse the Beboverse because it was just, it was an adorable little thing. And the reason I ask, first off, is because I see a lot of people, because like, like I said, the original reason I wanted to ask these questions is because I wanted to ask people who have been reading comics for a long time. Because I see online, like, every season, people want Godspeed to come in Flash. But, like, I feel like if you actually read Godspeed, his origin, his original story isn't that great, in my opinion. And so it's like, I feel like it's people who haven't read comics. So I'm interested in people who have read comics, what they would like to see. So you said in the Bebo verse or the, what's the other? MCU. Okay. Or the MCU, who would we like to see? Mm-hmm. From... Go ahead. I would like to see the Anti-Monitor from Crisis of Infinite Earths come into this Bebo-verse that you speak of. And eat it. So he can eat them. (laughs) He can destroy all of the shows, each and every one of them. And then the show could come back as one show that just features... The DC Universe. You want Justice League Unlimited live action? Yes. Holy shit. That's a crossover, pretty much, you say? Yeah, but see, but that's still team. But I want to, it's just one show, but they all just live in that universe. So every once in a while, it's, it's, you know, you got maybe a green arrow and a flash shows up, or or it's not even that. It's somebody else's character. But it'd be live action. Let's have fun with that. That sounds awesome. The problem is, is that I don't, well, I guess each issue, would each episode be like a different, so like one would be the Flash, one would be the Green Arrow. You're not talking about like constant team-ups all the time. No, I'm not talking constant team-ups. I'm just talking about stuff that happens in this universe. Mm. It's Mm. like, it's an ensemble show. Damn. And sometimes people aren't on a particular episode. Because what I like about the Flash is that I feel like you get a lot of actual like emotional, um... Uh, depth with their characters and their relationships. Really? Well, not depth, but like you get some time with them, is what I'm saying. I guess you get time, but they're yeah. all just bitching about Barry. That's not true. Yes, they are. Barry's Barry. bitching about Barry. Iris is bitching about Barry. Somebody's mad at Barry. Somebody's scared that she's going to turn into a villain so and she's going to kill Barry. Yeah. Barry's going to kill somebody. It's, it's, and, and, then, and then Hunter, or not Hunter, um... Who, who's the doctor guy with the glasses? Oh, Stein? HR. HR, oh. he's, he's, he's going and coming. So he can play another version of his damn self another damn time. Oh, does he, God, I can't HR stand that around? fucking show. That show annoys oh. me. Yeah, he's been oh, I didn't know. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm back on season three, so I didn't know if HR or something happened to him. And now there's another version that's Yes, so you're in season three. You're about, you're about three HRs behind. Damn it. Yes. Yes, the Council of the, Wells. The yeah. Council of Wells, which they yeah. stole from D- from Marvel, because there was the Council of Reeds. Yeah, but wasn't there a, wasn't there another council? 
Council of Ricks. I'm thinking of the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty. The Council yeah. of Ricks from. That's probably yeah. from Fantastic Four too. Yeah. They all steal. They all so steal. you want a Justice League live? But it, like I said, it doesn't have to be Justice League. They don't have to be a team. You want DC Universe live? Yes. Yeah, that's really good. They couldn't afford to do it. Why not? It'd be it'd be cheaper because then you don't have to, to do twenty two. Actor because, every. But then you don't have to have twenty two episodes of Supergirl, twenty two episodes of Flash. Yeah. It'd be cheaper because it's an ensemble. Yeah, that's the truth. Yes, they'd have room for other stuff. Well, that's because they don't have room. No, I'm good. I mean... He says I'm good, but then he keeps talking without the microphone. Um, Who would I I like to see in the Marvel Universe? Ms. Marvel. She's... Oh, but Ms. she's Marvel. coming. But she's coming. Well, Captain she's Marvel's coming. But they also just released that Ms. Marvel is coming. Yeah. And I'd rather her have a TV show or a cartoon. She's in a cartoon. She's in Avengers. Wait, she's in. I just saw her in Avengers. There's an Avengers cartoon. Yeah. R- really? Yeah, it's on on, on Disney XD. Uh, and oh. it's not good, but she's oh, in it. Oh, oh, all right. But she's in it. Okay, so I'm not missing anything. She's she's part of the Avengers. All right, that's good. Um. Who else would I like to see in the Marvel Universe? Which amazes me that they can't Spider get their Quinn. animation right. Who? She's, uh, Marvel. The, well, the this, TV animation. Yeah, the Spider-Man animation. We're going to have Spider-Gwen soon, so that's... I feel like all of my needs are being taken care of. Like, I, Spider-Gwen's coming. Yeah, you're getting your whole Spider-Verse. Ms. Marvel. Uh, is there anybody that I love and I just don't have a thing for? Venom's coming. I'm curious to see that. Hope it's good. It's not going to be, but I hope so. Well, while he's thinking, yeah, my Marvels would be a TV series, and they would do it for what was they're doing Legion on FX. So let's say make it FX. Let's do it on FX. I think FX probably owns the pro- the rights anyway. Doing it on FX is a TV series. It's a period show. It takes place in the late fifties, early sixties, and it's called the Fantastic Four. Oh. Or, if you didn't want to call it the Fantastic Four, you could do the same thing that I'm suggesting with DC Universe, and you put out a, 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 a TV series still set in the 50s and the 60s, and you called it, call it either, no, you call it the Marvel Age. You call it Marvels. You call it Marvels. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thanks. That's, yeah. that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good, too. I like that. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. Marvels? Mm. Yes, because then you could have, because if you do it, for, if you do that, then you've got the 1940s heroes retiring, past their prime, getting fucked up in the streets, and the rise of the Fantastic Four. Boom. And it's a period piece. Oh, my God. I would rock the fuck out of that. Oh, hell yeah. You know what? I'd like, um, I'd like the Lady Thorn. I'd like to see her in action. What's that? Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Yeah, I'd like to see her. Yeah. Natalie no. Portman, yeah. I no. mean, we never would, but yeah. No. You don't like Natalie Portman? I like her, but I wouldn't want to see her as Jane Fox. I mean, I guess if they wanted to keep it like in that universe, it probably would have to be Natalie Portman. I know what I want, but it already exists, sort of. Um, I would like a, and we're never going to get that because of the actors who play these people, but I would like a um, Hawkeye um, Black Widow. Hawkeye Mockingbird. Ooh. Oh no! You want you want Black Widow though? Yeah, but you know from the movies. 
Oh, okay. They kind of, they clearly are these, like we were talking about earlier, these friends, friends who don't really have any romantic, oh, I can't believe we missed them. Yeah, they're great friends and they don't have any romantic involvement whatsoever, which I was surprised by when the Avengers movie happened. Um, I thought it was weird that all of a sudden she was into Bruce, but whatever. Um, yeah, I want to see their movie or their background of them hanging out and getting read off their ledgers and all what have you. I think that would be cool. I think in the comics, they're each a notch on the others. Well, I mean, you know, early you're doing from early on, on. And, and you know tensions are high and from very very early on. Yeah, but I think they are each a notch. Okay. Yeah, because uh, like Black Widow and Nightwing, they are running neck and neck as far as notches on their. Oh bed yeah, posts. they got yeah. Yeah. They're running out of bedpost. Yeah, as far as like their wood. superhero <laughs> notches. Yeah. Like, cause nobody can catch up with Daredevil. My man, and they all die. No, no. See, Tony Stark, they like to play it like that. But remember, a lot of times he skips out yeah. to become Iron, Iron Man. Man. Daredevil, you know, I got to go handle some business, but first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear you. Yeah, that's important. Then stop talking. talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important. But here's another thing I would love to see, hmm. and you will agree with me. Oh. No, I won't. Yes, you will. No. Pixar. Okay, I already agree. Go ahead. <laughs> finally does, like, because, like, The Incredibles is their superhero movie, but it still is very much a family movie. But maybe Pixar, and maybe for branding purposes, does, puts this under a different heading, but it's yeah. still the Pixar people. It'd be Pixar, but the R at the end is the rated R symbol. Pixar, but with three X's. Pix, Pix-R for rated R X pixel. Okay, but people will still say Pixar and they will get confused. So no, so it has to be a different name. <laughs> Damn it! So it would be Pixar, and I don't think this necessarily have to be Pixar per se, but um, but that vibe. But because two D animation w might work as well. But if they illustrated Black Sad. Oh, oh, what? That's yeah, the cat the, thing. The cat yes. detective. Um, that is Idris Elba as a black yeah, is a cat detective. Ooh. Do I have I have a copy? It's on right my there on the third shelf. I can't. Third shelf. Shelf. Third shelf. One, third, two, three. Third, third row of shelves. One, two. Oh, this it's with oh with the hardcovers, the big hardcovers. Third, there we go. So Black Sad was put out by Dark Horse Comics. We did it at our um, retrospectical book club here at the Hero Complex last year, um, by Juan Diaz Canales and uh, Juanio Guarnido, and it is if you haven't read it, listeners. Pick it up. There's three volumes of it, but they're all sort of standalone. Yes, they are very much hard boiled detective stories with uh, basically, yeah, and this was the elevator pitch that I gave to everyone when I was, you know, trying to get people to come to book club was like, oh, it's Idris Elba if he was an animated cat. Yep. Um, it's Luther, but a cat. Except yeah. He's, yeah. He's yeah. A detect he's, um, he's a um, private eye. Um, that would be, we were talking about that at book club, I think. We were all saying it would be wonderful if we could find. Uh, if there was a uh, animated version of this, we'd watch the shit out of it. Yes, that. I would, man. Yeah, that'd be real because cool. Because if you look at the book, mm -hmm. it looks like an animated. Yeah. Well, movie. I, the people who drew it, I believe, they're in are... animation. I think they worked at Disney at one time. Yeah, yeah, well, they're ex Disney people. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous book. It's the prettiest comic book I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Did we do it? I think we did it. You got time for one more question, Brandon. Uh, well, first off, mine would be Batman, just saying. I wonder why. Because, really, because we have a Superman, even though it seems like they're 
they're avoiding using him in Supergirl. <clears throat> but when we started, we had when this season started or last season, we had Superman and he was really great. And so I'd love to see. You thought so? I did not like the look of that Superman. I thought he was yeah. better than. He was more hopeful than Henry Cavill. He was the most hopeful Superman we've seen. Okay, back. but that's not Harry Cavill's fault. The, but this Superman, he didn't even look like Superman. He looked weak. And I'm not even talking about the outfit. I'm just talking about the guy himself. Yeah. I think he did a good... Yeah, he was fine, I think. I don't know. I have, I, have a, I have a better answer to who do I want to see in the Marvel DC... Or the Marvel Universe? DC characters. Ooh. What did... Wait, what do you mean, though? Are you saying because the DC characters are so bad, or are you saying, like, you just they want a crossover? Because the movies are so they bad. They haven't done justice. They don't have good movies yet. Well, that's their whole thing. No justice. Yay, pick it up on shelves now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean... He's selling books. Yeah, yeah. He's moving product. <laughs> My second one was, um, is there any book you wouldn't recommend... Any book or arc or storyline that you wouldn't recommend, or not only that you wouldn't recommend, but if someone said, hey, should I get this, you would say, no, leave it alone, because Future's End is mine. Uh, yeah, it happened a couple of weeks ago. Somebody came in, and they were looking for some Venom stuff to read, and I, you know, knowing that the movie's coming, I ordered a whole stack of Venom stuff, and someone said, oh, what about this Maximum Carnage? And I went, well... You don't really need that one. Why don't you grab this one over here? This one's real good by Rick Remender. Let's try that one instead. Maximum Carnage was a giant. And this was back before uh, I self-admittedly did not have taste, right? Like I was a, a small child and I sort of just bought whatever looked cool on the shelves. Mm -hmm. I bought Rob Liefeld comics and, and stuff like that. And I, I did not have any discernible taste as of yet. And then Maximum Carnage happened. And I was reading it, and I was just happy that Carnage was in it, and Venom was going to be in it, and it's got my man Peter Parker Spider-Man in it. And look at all these guest stars, and oh, wait a minute, this sucks. This is terrible. That's not supposed to happen. Comic books are fun. This isn't fun. This is stupid and homeworky. I hate this. Uh, so Maximum Carnage is one of, one of the ones that I would say. And that, you know, not to toot my own horn, but honk, um, I've heard from several people that like they come in and they're glad that I actually tell them not to read certain things because I guess it gives me a little bit more um, credibility. Yeah, because they're like, everybody else would just try and sell me whatever. Um, but yeah, that's one of them. And I, the, first one, oh, the first thing that came to mind was the Clone Saga from Spider-Man back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Same time period. Yeah. But a little later, I think it was. Um, and while I, I really appreciated the ballsy move of Marvel at the time where they were trying to get rid of Peter Parker and replace him with a clone of Peter Parker who was not married to Mary Jane, I went, oh, that is some of the ballsiest stuff I've seen in comic books to date. And then, of course, they went back and forth for two goddamn years and <laughs> undid it and then redid it and then undid it again. And it became this convoluted, un undiscernible mess. So I would say stay away from those two things. I don't know. I mean, because uh, I think the most recent thing that I could say I would don't buy is the third edition of The Dark Knight. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, Len, buddy of mine. Yes. You skipped. You skipped Dark Knight Strikes, Strikes Again, of of things. So they should read Dark Knight Strikes Again, but they should not read Dark Knight Three Master Races. Is that what you're telling me? No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, all right. 
I'm saying that it, I'm trying to think like recently. So if you were oh, to come, so if you oh. were to come in, I would say don't get Dark Knight with what the Master Race because it's a, it's while it's not bad art, it's very uneven writing that actually winds up meaning nothing. And interspersed in there is the mind farts of the original creator, Frank Miller, that are just disgusting. So I would say don't get that. Now, this is Strikes, strikes again, again, which is actually the, the second part, which should be burned in effigy. <laughs> oh, I see. I can't recommend it to you because I, it's, that isn't, it doesn't exist. Yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm mad at you because you should not have this in your store. I mean, you should, there's no reason, not even from a collector's standpoint, mm -hmm. should you have Dark Knight Strikes Again. So I just refuse to even acknowledge well, let me, that existence. Let me, let, me, let me break it down for you. So I've got a couple of copies of Dark Knight Returns. I've got the regular softcover edition, and then I've got the, um, the one that comes with the hardcover of the book, plus both uh, parts of the film, the animated film that they made, which was actually pretty dope. And then I don't have a copy of Master Race because someone said, oh, I read this one. What should I read next? And I went, well, don't read Dark Knight Strikes again. Grab Master Race if you want more of that. You can skip this entirely. So that's yes. why the copy is still sitting in my store. Okay. Because well, I refuse to sell it to people. Well, then you need to, you need to donate this. Yeah. To, but to then like, some kid's going to see it and be like, oh, I wonder what comic books are like. And then their eyes will melt. Well, that's why you should donate it to a bonfire or oh, something like that. But I don't know why would you tell somebody to buy Dark Dark Knight Master Race? Because he wanted more Dark Knight. Well, he wanted more of that universe. Well, there, do I you tell him that there's no more? <laughs> you I tell him it was a one and done. I think it's that, a complete story. That's a good point. He's, 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 he's all but dead at the end. No, if you want more, you buy the movie and watch it again. That's you a good point. don't. You do not sell <laughs> anything else in that universe, JD. Wait, wait what about? What about All-Star Batman and Robin? No! <laughs> no, not that. No, because All-Star Batman and Robin, which is supposed to be like the origin of that yeah. Batman, they never even finished that yeah. story. And that is incomplete, bad writing, and I don't care what anybody says, very bad art by Jim Lee. Jim Lee. That's it's good drawing, but it's bad storytelling. Oh, that's fine. Good drawing, though. Now, if you want to give him more of that universe, just for shits and giggles, uh -huh. what you should give him is Spawn and Batman. Oh. Because that is supposed to be that That's Batman. Right. That's what you give him. It's a dumb comic, too. Yeah, it's real bad. But at least it's stupid fun. Now, you're talking about Spawn Batman or Batman Spawn? Okay, whichever the one that Todd McFarlane did, because the other one was a piece of shit. Oh, you know what? Brandon said it. Brandon did it. Batman Year One. Batman Year One. That's what you give. See? That's what you give him. How is Brandon better at this than you, JD? I already sold him Year One, and then I sold him Dark Knight Returns, and then he wanted more. And you sold him Dark Knight Three. Did you guys? Well, I guess that makes you a master salesman that you were able to sell that piece of shit. At least Master Race had—I don't even like saying it. At least yeah. Part Three had um, 
what's his nuts on art? It wasn't Frank Miller drawing. It was, it was John, um, John Romita. No. No, not John Romita. It was um, uh, the, the, Kubert. The Kubert. Yeah, one of the Kuberts. Yeah, so that's why I said the art is not bad. Yeah. yeah. But it's just inconsistent storytelling in there because it's Azarillo fighting against Frank Miller yeah. to try and make this a cohesive story. Yeah. Now, the person that you sold Master Race to, have they been back? I don't remember who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Point. You should have sold him year one. I should. You don't have year one here. Well, that's what you need to do. I need to get another copy. You need to. You need to give Brandon strikes again, and then get year one in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, you should buy strikes again, buddy. It's real good. You're gonna love it. It's. Uh, what about Last Crusade? That's not bad. I forgot about that one. What's The Last Crusade? The Last Crusade was the one shot that was written by the same two dudes who did Master Race, but it was drawn by J.R.J.R. So it was Azarello and Miller writing, like, basically... Oh, is that the like the Joker story? It's the Joker story. No. Nah, don't, no. don't do that either. No, Brandon. Nothing else in that universe except year one. What are you thinking? No, I know exactly which one you're talking about. The Joker is on the cover. I know which one you're talking about, Brandon. No, no more of your quizzes. No, not that. <laughs> not that. That's White Knight. Not that one. I know exactly what you're talking about, and no. No, no, no. Nothing in that universe except year one. You, you, were, you were one for one, Brandon. You know, leave well enough yeah. alone. You did good, okay? You suggested year one. I Give me a yay. Yay! There you go. I want to <laughs> hear from the people. I bet that there are people listening to this who are like, fuck y'all. The part two and three were awesome. There's nobody that's going to listen to this show that's, that's going to say... Randy doesn't like them. That tells you that they must be shit. But they have Superman in them. I was that's why he doesn't to, like them. Um, the podcast that should not be named because I talk about them too much. And they were doing their books flowed, and <laughs> they the were doing explode. their old story. They were. I was listening to an old one, and they did strikes again. And they all. It wasn't like Ron, Connor, and Josh. It was like Josh and like Paul and someone else, I think. And they all liked it. They were like, it's really bad, but it's fun bad. And I'm like, I don't, I disagree. In in the way that maybe, and I've never watched these movies, but maybe like in the way that like a Sharknado is good, bad or something, but I can't even make it through it. I can't. No, exactly. Sharknado is a parody. So So it's it's supposed to be bad. So, so bad that it's good. Dark Knight Strikes Again, Frank Miller is dead ass serious with that shit. He got like a million dollars to do that sequel too. From what I remember. Him and his wife stole money. Oh, my goodness. And I say his wife because she colored it. Yeah? Yeah. Like, if I was her, like, th- that should, like, discredit her as a colorist. Lynn Varley. Yeah. So, but her, her work on the first one so gorgeous. Yeah, but not on this one. Yeah, it was clear that it was her first time doing digital. It was somebody who just discovered um, Photoshop. Um, and the airbrush tool. Yeah. Um... I, I want email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com or blacktribbles at gmail.com because I want to know if there's people out there who are like, no, I love The Dark Knight 2 and 3. You're, you're wrong. Because, or they but, like the Clone Saga. But give us reasons. Because there are people that do like... Now, I've never heard anybody that likes The Dark Knights, even though I do think... I have heard some people have said that Master Race wasn't... It's not too bad. Not bad. Eh, fuck that. It's better than the second one. Um, but I have heard people say that they... We're kind of into the clone sack. I mean, I read the whole thing, but even towards the end of it, I was getting a little tired of it yeah. as the spider guy. Um, but anyway, all right, that's it. We're done. Yeah, I think We're that's, calling a, it. that's enough of a show. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Located at 4327 Main Street. That's Question right. Mark. 
yeah, you can go to coldpopgo.com and leave us a voicemail if you want or leave comments or whatever. There you go. You can go to blacktribbles.com and listen to all the shows available on the Black Tribbles Network. We just debuted Ghouls Next Door. And this past Tuesday, we debuted Nick and Ramon on the Garbled Podcast. Nice. All right. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Forget it! <laughs> <laughs>